Hi, I'm Ingo from Roast Rebels and our channel is all about how to easily roast coffee. In this video I will talk about coffee blends. So in this video I will first talk about why we actually do blends, then I will talk about the different kind of blends, what kind of blends you can do, then I will do more practical, I will give more practical information, especially on how I develop blends and how I recommend you to develop a blend. Then I will talk about pre-blending or post-blending. And then I will talk about different kinds of blends. I will give you a recommendation for blends, especially here with a focus on espresso blends, because this is something that uh, people quite often are asking me. So why do we actually do blending? Blending is mainly about creating a taste or a characteristic of your coffee that you wouldn't get with a single origin coffee. And the motivation behind it is, is a bit a different one. So there are the um, larger companies, the larger roasteries, they often have a brand, a coffee brand, and um, this coffee, this brand has always to be the same. So imagine if you go to your grandmother, she has maybe a coffee that she's buying and drinking since about 30 years and this coffee has always to be a bit the same. And on the other hand, the, this producer are faced with um, creating a brand out of a natural product and this natural product is just changing in taste, the different seasons um, are different and the different origins are different. And in addition to that, quite often these coffees are coming from countries where there is quite some political instability. So it's not really sure that they can get a coffee for a couple of years. Maybe there is a year where they cannot get the coffee that they used to from a country anymore. And therefore it's a, um, a daily work for them to actually create out of different coffees that they're sourcing a blend which is always taste-wise um, like this brand has to be. And in addition to that, of course, they're also focused on sourcing the coffee um, to as low price as, as possible. And it's quite interesting, you see a lot of documentaries about, about this work, about how there are teams of blenders who are for the whole day cupping and blending coffee so that they reach this um, particular taste profile that the brand has to have out of a coffee. And then there are like these larger or smaller roasteries and they do blends because they want to create a coffee, a, like a signature coffee, a coffee that, um, that differentiates them from the other roasteries, a coffee that the customers can only get from them and therefore they can reach also a, um, a customer retention because the people are coming always to them for this special signature coffee that they're looking for. And um, what's, what's um, a challenge for them is that they quite often want to give more information about the coffee, be more transfer transparent where it's coming from. But on the other hand, they also have to deliver a coffee that is really consistent, especially if you're working for gastronomy customers, your coffee has to be very consistent because it's just quite a struggle in the coffee shop if the coffee is always different and people have to adapt the, the grinder and the coffee machine, which uh, usually they don't. So the coffee is over extracted or under extracted and people are not happy. So for them, it's really 
then a challenge to create a blend which is characteristic, differentiates them, but at the same time which is consistent um, throughout the time. Quite easy is the whole story for home roasters because home roasters only can care about the taste, so they don't have to think about anything else. They just can focus on creating the coffee that is just the best one for their um, particular particular taste and um, what I also recommend you because many of the people who are watching this video are home roasters is um, don't just start when you start roasting with blends start with single origin coffee so that you really get and understand the different characteristics of the different coffees and then when you realize you are missing something in particular then try to find a blend which is like adding to this coffee so that you can actually create a coffee that, that you wouldn't have had from a single origin coffee. But blends are actually possible. So there is on one hand the classical way of mixing different kind of beans. Um, and there is another way which is actually not mixing different beans but taking one bean and then doing different roast degrees with the bean. This may sound maybe a bit unusual, but it's actually quite a nice thing, especially for if you have, for example, a very characteristic bean, for example, a Kenyan or Ethiopian bean, then you can actually do one roast where you emphasize the more acidic components, the, like these particular special fruity components of the coffee, and you can do another roast where you emphasize a bit more roasty flavors out of the same coffee and mix these together. Um, which is actually quite a, an interesting experience. Of course, you can also take different beans and roast them to different degrees if you want to emphasize particular, particular flavors in the coffee. For example, you take a more fruity coffee to a lighter roast of them to really emphasize the acidity, the fruity components, and then take a more balanced, um, like for example, a canafera, roast it a little bit darker, um, in order to go more into the classic espresso profile. There are two kind of concepts for these blends. You can go more into a harmonious blend. This is a blend where the different components are adding to each other, but they're quite, quite similar. For example, you have one coffee which emphasizes a bit more some caramel taste, the other one a bit more nut or chocolatey taste, and they actually go quite well together, give quite a harmonious coffee. Or you can go into a, um, into a coffee which is emphasizing more this tension between the different flavors. So for example, a coffee which has more like a citric taste, citric note, and another one which has more like a herbal note. So aspects that are creating tension and therefore more complexity in the coffee or complexity that you wouldn't have from a single origin blend. Both of these is fine, it's just two different ways and you have to decide in which direction you want to go if you are developing a blend. What I recommend you is don't take too many different coffees in a blend, it just gets quite difficult to manage, quite difficult to taste different characteristics and the different flavors out of a coffee. But also if you imagine in one espresso shot you have about 70 beans. So if for example you have two coffees which have only about 10%, in a, in a blend you would have about seven beans mathematically in your blend 
Of course, like in daily life, or if you have this mixture, the blend that you're putting in your grinder, they're not evenly mixed, so all the shots would taste a bit different. And therefore, I recommend you don't take too many coffee be don't take too many coffees, but uh, like a bit higher amount of each of each component, so that you have um, a higher chance of really getting the mixture in your cup that you want that you're looking for. When I develop plants, I have two ways of doing it. I don't know if this, is, uh, if this terminology makes any sense, but I'm talking for myself about wet blending and dry blending. So when I do this wet blending process, that's quite easily. Um, I take a cupping situation where I brew the different components, the different coffees that I roasted um, as single origins in these cupping bowls. And then with a the spoon, I do just different mixes. This is very easy. So you take a glass, you take maybe two spoons of coffee one, one spoon of co coffee two, and three spoons of coffee three. You mix them together. And like this, you can very quickly and easily compare different kind of, different kind of components, different kind of blends, and then develop the blends that is the one that you're looking for. The diffi difficult thing about this is actually the difficulty you always have with cupping. Cupping is a special way of brewing, and especially if you want to do a espresso out of, out of the beans that you have, it's very difficult to translate the information from the cupping to the espresso because extraction is just very different. And here I have this process that I like to do, which I call a dry blending, because then, I, I mean, it's hardly possible to to do different espresso extractions and then try them together because just if all is set up for the second bean, then the espresso that you extracted from the first bean is always is already is already cool. So this wet blending doesn't really work for espresso. That's why I do the dry blending. And here I just take the different coffees, I grind them so that they're perfect for an espresso extraction. So each coffee has to be grinded a little bit different, um, which is actually not too hard to do. Still, don't be too slow in that, because if the coffee is, if the ground coffee is lying around for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, then of course um, the oxidation begins and the coffee is starting to get boring. Therefore, you have to be a bit quick. Nevertheless, make, for example, if you have these three components of coffee, um, three, three cups with, with this ground coffee and then with a spoon you can do the different blends and then extract one after the other espressos out of these dry blends that you do. So for example, um, you extract about 19% of, you, you put in 19% of coffee, ground coffee for your espresso that you're extracting. So you take for example nine gram of coffee one, five gram of coffee two, five gram of coffee three, mix it together. And then like that, you can quite easily do this dry, dry blended cupping. A topic that, that's quite often and quite emotionally discussed is pre-blend or post-blend. A lot of people, they say uh, only post-blend is possible, pre-blend is no option. And I think it's not really fair to to discuss this um, that emotionally, I would be open and really check out both ways of, of doing blends. So post-blend, of course, post-blend means that you're um, roasting each coffee separately and then blend them together after roasting. Pre-blend means that you're 
mix in the green coffees and then roast um, actually already a mixed, mixed amount of green coffee. Post blend, of course, the advantage is that you can roast each bean individually with the perfect profile so that you can really emphasize the, this, the particular taste that you want to get out of each bean and then mix them together. So the negative thing about post blending is that you um, have the risk of having to throw away some coffee because, I mean, for each component you have to do a full batch. Um, I mean, there are always uh, minimum loads um, in your roaster and you have to do at least a minimum roast for each batch and especially if you have, for example, a coffee which is just in small amounts in your blend, you nevertheless have to do this batch and then have the risk to have to throw it away. Therefore, pre-blending is, of course, much easier. You just put the green beans together and then just roast what you need for this for the particular blend. And in addition to that, it's actually working most, working most of the time quite well with pre-blending. So I would really recommend you to give it a try, do some pre-blend, and if you realize, no, for this particular blend it's not working, I have to do post-blend and switch to post-blend, but at least give it a try. But you just have to take into consideration when you're doing a pre-blend is that you're mixing the coffees together, the green coffees, a couple of days before roasting because all the coffees have a bit different amounts of humidity. So when you're mixing them together in a bag or in a, in a tin for a couple of days, then, uh, then the coffee, then the, the moisture content in the coffee is, is equalizing so that they have about the same moisture content. And in addition to that, you have to take care that you're roasting together in a pre-blend only beans that are similar in density and similar in size, um, because otherwise, so for example, if you're, if you're blending a monsoon malabar with a pearl bean together, you would just struggle. It would be really hard to find a roast profile that suits both. So don't, don't mix um, like very, very large or very small, um, very dense or beans with very low density into your blend. So take care that you're mixing beans that are yeah, similar in density, similar in size. And then I usually go for a roast profile, which is quite close to the largest component of the coffee with the highest amount in your blend. And then start from there to develop your roast profile. As I promised, I will give you some recommendation for blends, especially espresso blend. And maybe first like the concept or where I start when I'm doing a espresso blend is I usually use three components. One is the basis. One is the Robusta, the Carnifera part, and one is more the highlight coffee in the cof coffee in this blend. So for the basis, I usually take a coffee which is quite mild, quite round, not too extreme in its taste, which is round and sweet, because this is something that is really pleasant in an espresso, if it's mild, round and sweet. So typical beans for that are Brazilian beans, Indian beans, or if you want to have more the herbal part of it, or more herbal um, taste, then Indonesian beans like Java, Sumatran beans. And here I, I said that sometimes I'm putting not three, but four coffees in a blend. This is something that you can do that you're mixing in this basis, for example, 
half of the basis is a Brazilian bean, half of the basis is an Indonesian bean. So to have a bit both what is chocolatey, nutty and herbal taste in your basis. But usually I just take one coffee for the basis. And then in most espressos I also add some Carnifora, some Robusta. Um, typically it's about 0 to 30%. So, so up to 30% is like a classical, classical amount of, of Carnifora to put in your um, espresso blend. Carniferas they give you especially the crema. So that's why usually the, the main reason to put some Carnifora in your coffee is that they're giving you a nice crema. The characteristic of Carnifora is that they, they're not really interesting, not really complex in taste, but they're quite round. They have a low acidity and that's um, especially something that a lot of people like in an espresso. And then really the opposite from, from the Carnifora part is then the highlight that you're putting in the coffee. And this can be from about one-fourth to one-third um, of your blend. And here you can actually be quite creative. This is the part where you give your coffee, your, your espresso blend, a very particular um, taste. So this can be a coffee from Ethiopia, coffee from Guatemala, Honduras, Colombia, Kenya, so this can be really a coffee with acidity, a fruity coffee, a bright coffee, which just is adding a bit a special component to the coffee. Um, I give you now like a couple of recipes that um, I for myself quite like to do, which are quite simple to copy and to try for yourself and then have as a starting point. So the most simple blend that I sometimes do for espresso is just taking 50%, so half of, of the, the blend um, of a Brazilian bean, and then 25% of a Carnifora and 25% of this highlight coffee, which can be a Castillo, which can be a Yerga Chefe. And this is quite um, a very simple, easy blend that is working very well. Or if you want to be a bit milder, you can enlarge the, the basis, you, so you can go up to 70% of the uh, Brazilian bean or Sumatran bean, and then add 15% of a Canephora and 15% of a highlight coffee. Um, this, this, this will be a bit more a balanced coffee if you, for example, as a highlight coffee use a Honduran or Guatemalan or a Sidamo bean. These are all, um, these are all beans that, that have some particular special taste but are still quite balanced. So then you will have a quite mild and everyday espresso. Or then, um, on the other hand, a more fruity, if, you, if you're up to more fruity, more sweet, more special blends, you can, for example, take a 60% of of the basis, so 60% of a Brazilian bean or a um, Indonesian bean, and then add 40% of a highlight, which is then quite characteristic. So for example, 60% Brazilian yellow bourbon, 60% Ethiopian Yirgacefe or Chima or Harar, and this will give you a very fruity, sweet coffee, and often these are also blends that, 
that are quite pleasant with, with milk. So if you take this kind of coffee and then make a flat white out of it, you will have quite a sweet, a bit like a dessert-like coffee. This is it. I hope this video was helpful for you. If you want to know more about roasting, have a look at the other videos in our channel as well. Subscribe not to miss any news because we are going to release a couple of videos in the next weeks. And if you want to know more about roasting, you can always contact me or have a look at our website, roasttravels.com.